Would you give a warm welcome to Jesse and Carrie Pryor this morning, please? We're so excited to have you guys here with us. I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves and the work you do, though. Um, just put it in your own words. Go for it. Okay. Um, I'm Jesse. This is Carrie. We are related. John is my first cousin. Um, so we're very excited to be here this morning and share with you what God is doing in Samban Village in the Isipik province in Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea is an island just north of the, off the east coast of Australia. Australia and sorry <clears throat> caught my throat and we work with the local churches and discipleship and church growth uh, Carrie administrates the clinic we work with uh, literacy and education through uh, the elementary schools and Carrie also does the um, teaching etc of a fold school which is helping uh, people get grade uh, 12 or GED equivalency and I fix whatever breaks and build whatever needs to be built. Would you like to add to that? Um, my name is Carrie, um, married to this guy. Happy to claim the rest of the family as my own. Um, I'm from originally from Martinsville, Indiana. Uh, Jesse and I met at Johnson Bible College, both graduated Johnson Bible College. Um, I won't mention what year. Um, and then um, I guess that's really I'm, our children. We've got four children. Nale is the oldest, and she's 18, getting ready to go to Lubbock Christian University next fall. Uh, Elijah is 16. Judah is 13. And Israel is 19 months. I believe the oldest and youngest are in the nursery. Boys, stand up so I can embarrass you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, it's so great to have you guys here. We're, we're, we've been excited for a long time about all the stuff you're doing, and I appreciate that, that um, brief summary. I would like to know, though, what are some of the ministry, what part of your ministry are you most excited about? I guess I'm the one that gets most excited. Um, <laughs> right now, one of the neatest part of our ministry that we're kind of excited about and really looking to invest more time and effort into is the FODE program. FODE stands for Flexible Open Distant Education. It was originally created as a second track of education. PNG is like some other third world countries where only 2% of the graduating students of grade six are permitted to continue their education. So unless you are in the 2% of the nation, you get sent home after grade six. This program was made in case you still wanted to have a chance of continuing your education. So this. Um, gives an opportunity for those in grades 7 through 12 to continue their education on their own at a distance from the normal track of education. So it's supposed to be correspondence courses, but we found that the students did much better if they had a teacher in class, so that's what I do from 1 to 5, Mondays through Fridays. Um, the reason we're most excited about this work is these are the kids who really, really, really want to finish their education. They are highly motivated, they're willing to pay for it, they suck up any kind of information you give them um, and love any kind of attention you can give them in order to meet their goals. They are the ones that we are hoping will eventually be the next preachers and teachers and doctors and nurses to cover all of the staff positions and all the other works that we're doing. So we're heavily investing in them and hoping that by interacting with them early on and really preaching the word to them through the schools and um, 
having that time with them, hopefully we can mentor them into being the kind of Christian leaders that we hope to see in all of our um, aspects of our work. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, by the way, uh, there's a number up there on the bottom of the screen while these pictures are going, and uh, you're welcome to look at the look at them or look at the pictures while we're while we're all talking. We have uh, we kind of planned ahead and prayed about this, thought about this, some things we felt like that um, you guys all need to know, and they really wanted to share. But if you've got your own question, that just text uh, a question to that number, and um, you've got a good chance that uh, Noah Hill will pick it up and actually ask them, and you'll get to hear the answer. Also, there's going to be a fellowship time in the middle between um, the two services and this service in Sunday school, and uh, you could ask them in person. But we're going to keep on going, but if you've got a question, please take advantage of that. Here's, here's my next one. Uh, what are some of the biggest challenges? We saw a bunch of just the logistical stuff in the video, but what, what are some things that are, are a big challenge for you guys? Um, personally, for me, the biggest challenge is figuring out what is the best use of our time. Where do we put the money to use as far as which part of the work do we give towards? Um, we wear a lot of different hats. Um, Carrie does the education and the medical stuff, and I do the logistics and the building and the f mechanical stuff. And then I also do a lot of the government paperwork. Um, for those of you that enjoy tax time, you're very sick people. And <laughs> But unfortunately for us in Papua New Guinea, we have to turn in taxes at the end of the month, every month. It's not an annual thing. So while everyone does not look forward to doing taxes at the, you know, in April, I have to do them for our work at the end of every month, which necessitates a trip to town and getting internet and making an electronic transfer. So. Trying to figure out how all that works and be with our family and get the work done is just, that's a big challenge. Awesome. Um, what are some things that we could learn from the Papua New Guinea Christians? Um, as the pictures scroll across, you'll see a young lady standing in front of a blackboard. Her name is Asinta. She did not finish uh, grade three. Her father died when she was in grade two. and. She never really learned to read. She came and asked Carrie, would you teach me how to read, which Carrie gladly did. And now she's enrolled in the FOD school trying to finish grade seven. The reason she's in front of the board is not because she's learning to read. She is staying late after church and teaching the older women in the church how to read themselves because Papua New Guineans don't get bogged down by whether I have a certificate or I have a paper to do it. If I have the skill set to do it, they are always trying to use whatever they have to further themselves or further the work in the church. So for me, it's always an honor for me to get to work with people like that because they do so much with what little they have. That's awesome. We got, a, we got at least one question from the floor. Um, Basically, it just asks, is there any opportunity for sh short-term mission work? As in, like, I guess a team would come over and help you guys out. Okay, yeah, there's a variety of different things. Um, well, it depends on what you mean by short-term, too. If by short-term you mean two years, yes, that's great. Um, uh, if you mean less than, two years would be wonderful. But, um, and we have teaching opportunities for those of you who want to do that and um, also work in the clinic if anyone is actually capable of doing that kind of stuff as well. Um, as far as less than two years, um, in the 
two to three month thing, internships. We've got um, a student getting ready to come for a two month internship in, with our clinic. Um, so we're always happy to have the college age interns come over. We've had a few of those in the past. And as far as even shorter than that, yes, definitely. Um, we would welcome anyone that wants to come for two weeks is about as short as you can possibly get over there and do anything because it's going to take you two days of travel on either end. So that only leaves you with 10 days of doing anything in the middle. Um, but yeah, there's work with the clinics, there's work with the schools, um, work around the house. I have about 2,000 books that need to be logged into some kind of a application for our library that needs to be set up. So I always say, if you can type, we can use you. Um, there's plenty to be done, data entry, or um, if you just want to go over and minister to the patients at the clinic, that can be done as well. Um, so yeah, there's lots of opportunities. And if you're wanting to build, um, that just come on down. Um, but do know that it's gonna, we're going to have to set up what task we're going to be doing because it takes us about four to six months to set up and get all the timber milled and get everything out there so that when you get there, you have something to use to do with. One of the most exciting things that I've seen in their ministry is, is not only are they doing a lot of great stuff that a lot of missionaries have done for forever over there, but they've done some innovative things that I, I don't know how nobody else ever thought about them. They're so obvious once you see what they've done, but um, they're the ones who thought of it, and it's so cool. One of which is Jesse's taken over a whole bunch of American power tools and generators and things like that to, to use them, and also all the stuff to fix them when they break and everything, which makes all the building go a lot faster. And any of you with skills, uh, you, you'd be using the same tools over there. You wouldn't have to just use whatever you found. There's um, a lot more than that uh, of the innovations that they've done. This really transformed the lives of the people over there. But, but that's one that's exciting. And if anybody wants to help, talk to them about that. Uh, what are some things that we could pray for you about? Um, we have some real prayer warriors here. And then we also try to keep the missionaries on our ongoing list just in general. But what are some things you would like us to focus and pray about? Um, this, is, this is a question that we get asked quite a bit. One of the things we always ask for is for wisdom, um, making the choices and, and, and things that we do. I know for me personally, uh, the hardest decision to make, because I'm not a medical person, like my, my first response is rub some dirt on it, you'll be fine. And that apparently doesn't satisfy a lot of people. Um, but when you have to make the choice of whether you send someone on a medical evacuation, whether it's, it might be very expensive to do that, and then to know the, the person's background, it's just really hard uh, to be the one that someone's life is in your hands and you have the capability to, to whether they make it or not. And then just in the day-to-day -day operations, a lot of things come up that never make it into the newsletters that if we were to try and share, you wouldn't understand or believe that that's a question that someone came to the door and asked about. So just for wisdom. You want to add to that? I would say to continue keeping your, our staff in your prayers. Um, while they are believers, um, they run into the same temptations and trials that we all face here in the States. Um, and they are in constant need of um, guidance, the Lord's wisdom and guidance and how to live out their Christian faith in everything that they do 
through their teaching in the classroom and through their ministry to the patients. It's very easy after you've treated 50 patients in a day to get short-tempered with someone who should have been there two weeks ago and let something get worse than it needed to get. Um, so we pray that you would keep especially our nurses um, and your prayers and our teachers that have to deal with little kids. Um, our teachers have 50 children, 50 elementary school children, kindergarten, first grade, and second grade in their class at a time. And those of you who are teachers, can you imagine 50 kindergartners? Um, it's just overwhelming. And so some of them tend to lose their temper, lose their patience. So we pray that you would um, pray for them, that they would have the patience to deal with that, and that God would raise up more leaders so that their workload would be lighter. Someone would like to know, um, what's the strangest thing you've ever eaten over there? Um, American food. Um, no, the, I would say most people would say that the strangest thing we eat is, well, I eat them, no one else seems to like them, is sago grubs. They're a larvae. Um, they, there was a show on TV about 10 or 12 years ago, uh, Joe Grogan, it was, you know, they would, Fear Factor, and I was like, the first one they showed was that I saw was people eating sago grubs, and I was like, that's not fear factor. That's awesome. I'll eat those. The thing you'd have to remember is if you're going to eat them while they're alive, make sure you bite their heads, because if you don't, they'll start to burrow through your intestines. I don't eat those. I, I've eaten one. <laughs> that was enough. Um, I would say cassowary. We had cassowary one time. Our neighbor killed a cassowary, so we ate one of those. But that uh, like a big ostrich with a little horn on its head. It looks like it's out of Jurassic Park. It's really weird, blue. Like Every once in a while, a picture of one baby one will pop up on the screen there. But, um, yeah, they let one get really big, and it was getting mean and starting to go after the children, so they killed it, and we ate it. Um, someone else would like to know, um, what are social-slash-economic goals for the community, and how do they lead to the spiritual goals? Hard answers go to this side. Of All right, hang on. Repeat again. Repeat again. What are the social or economic goals for the community, and how do they lead to the spiritual goals? Okay, yeah. Um, let's see. Let's start with what they do for a living then. Um, what they do for a living, most Papua New Guineans are subsistence farmers. They do have a few cash crops. Uh, the cash crops in our area are cocoa, like the pods of cocoa to make your chocolate, um, and Vanilla beans is a newer one, one that's getting to be more popular. And then the biggest one is betel nut, which they chew. It's kind of a drug. Um, so they chew it kind of like chewing tobacco, but they mix it with a few other things to um, cause a stimulant effect. Um, so, But that is sold um, quite widely, and that's probably where they receive most of their money. Some people do small small amounts of uh, rice farming and things like that as well, but um, it doesn't sell as well. Um, and so for us, we don't really get involved with their trade a whole lot. Um, what we've been trying to do is basically keep the waterways open. Uh, that's our traffic into town. We don't have a road, so the way to get any kind of goods or services moved is over the water. So one of the things that we do frequently is take out teams to clean the waterways to keep them that you saw in the video there's sometimes it's choked with grass it looks like it's just grass so they'll go out with knives and cut that up and float it away so that the boats and motors can keep going back and forth bringing goods and services back and forth to town 
that's a large service that we try to keep open, not only for ourselves, but for the people, because that's where they get their money, is making trade back and forth on that riverway. Um, do you want to add? Another thing is we're always trying to influence, especially our employees, on trying to figure out what you spend your money on. Um, for most people that have only ever done trade and barter, once you have money, trying to figure out what to do with it also can become an issue. Um, a lot of the um, our employees, <laughs> they got a lot of nice cell phones. And the funny thing about it is you've got to climb a tree in our area if you want to get reception. So it, what they use the phone for is playing games and stuff like that. And you've got to sit now think, let's think about this, guys. You, it, how, you know, so we try to influence them to make better choices with, with the money that they have. And then in the, ch in the church, you know, we always try. You want to teach people how to tithe and things like that. So we try to tie it all, but the trying to affect 500, 600 people like that, it's hard, so we focus on the people that we deal with day to day. That's awesome. That's very... All right, if you do have more questions, again, they're going to be out there in the middle um, uh, in the atrium during the services, and please feel free to keep asking questions. They also have an iPad out there where you can subscribe um, just by a simple click, and they will. you can get in there, and they'll send you your, their newsletter and stay in touch with you if you have more questions would like to know how to pray more. Uh, we'd like to ask one, one more big question, though, is, is how, how could we as a church, how could we get more involved in, in participating in your ministry um, on, on top of praying and giving? How, how could we get involved? We would like to see a group over there or at least a representative of the church come. Uh, it's one of those things. We can show you videos. We can show you pictures. But until you, you walk it a little bit, um, it's, it's really hard to describe. So um, there's nothing better than having people in the church, like John, that know where we live and know what we do and can really relate to what we're doing. So if anyone is actually interested in coming over and visiting and being that witness for us, just saying, yeah, they are doing what they say they're doing. Um, and yeah, this is what's happening out there. And here's what I think their needs are. Um, fresh eyes are always good out there. Um, just keeping us accountable and um, seeing the work firsthand for yourself. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, here, here's the deal. This morning, uh, we're going to wrap up. And uh, we always feel like here at Morrison Hill, it's, it's important. You've been here. You've shown up in God's presence. You've worshipped. You've taken communion. If he's trying to put something on your heart, we want to give you a chance to do that. So we're going to have a, a brief time of invitation here at the end. And um, uh, as we set up for that, would you just give them a, uh, one more uh, welcome, one more round of applause? We really appreciate you guys being here today. There's also, yes. <clears throat> There's also one more video um, that you'll watch uh, while we set up. So please, please pay attention to that. It's really important as well. Thanks again, guys.